Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. Hello, guys. Hello, guys. We're back face to face. Back face to face. No, no chat GPT anymore around. That's true. So we lost a member of our crew. So sad. <laughs> so sad. And the, I think this our show. Let's mm-hmm. call the show. Can we call the show our podcast? That what makes it, it sound better than it is. Right. Yeah. Our thing uh, as some magic powers. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to believe because every time we talk about something, then I read. That that something oh, happened. Wow. Mm. Remember when we did the? What do they call that? We're manifesting. Exactly the the personhood, and we talked about abortion. Then there was right after. Yep. The controversy came out, and then yep. another thing happened the same way. Yep. And then today, I don't know if you saw the article that I sent you. I sent you a link. You sent me something today. Yeah. Wait, which one was it? I sent. You oh, something. yesterday. Now this morning. I didn't get nothing today. Evidence. Snapchat influencer launches Karen with a C AI virtual girlfriend <gasps> powered by OpenAI, which is ChatGPT. Oh my god! I, yeah, I sent to you this morning. I, yeah, I did. Yeah, apparently, yeah, I, Middlesex. I, I hear you on strike again. So that's crazy. But remember what we said we were talking about? Is it possible to have a relationship? This and that. Blah, what blah, was blah. the take of the article? No, it's just thought. It, like literally, like. It's something you can invest in. Like to try it out? No. <laughs> now you have to pay for this. Oh. Like the, the girl that did this has made like $70,000 in a week from this. That's smart. That is Uh-oh. smart. Um, Claire is calling me, but I'll just, I'll just text her. It's sure. fine. But yeah, so that's, you know, one more time we are apparently manifesting as you're saying because this was the last conversation that we had like should we have can we have a conversation uh can we fall in love with it and apparently people have me are making chat gpt their girlfriend well this kind of thing i wonder where it launched it, these kinds of things are uh, big in japan no, that's the u.s girl. it's u.s like i remember watching a, an old uh, vice docket vice used to have good stuff mm-hmm um, I used to watch it, not anymore. Yeah, same. Like a lot of the things yep. I liked. Um, and then now it's just like totally different. But yep. um, there was one where a girl went into – there was like a, a, a culture in Japan, mm-hmm. um, which I feel is related, where you would pay just to have a, a girl come cuddle with and talk to you. So not nothing sexual? No, no. It wasn't a sex thing. It was uh-huh. just like to not feel lonely. And this seems to be that's a related good thing, I guess. I don't know if you're very lonely, you don't have nobody. If you're an old person to accompany, oh, oh these were like no people like my age and younger. Oh, oh, no, then yeah, then no, no. <laughs> well, because you know, there's you know people in my generation to continue our conversation before yeah. the show have a lot of intimacy issues and yeah, don't yeah. know how to talk to people or connect yeah. with people. Yeah, you guys are messed up. You're telling me. <laughs> I went to school with these people. I know. We got. I'm. 
generational conversation behind the paywall. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Be that's there. It. That's it. We're going to do that. But so today we're talking, um, we had a couple ideas and we're lumping these things together. And so basically it has to do with questions pertaining to understanding. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to understand? How do we understand things? And how are these things related to the interpretation of text and symbols. Yep. I mean, broadly speaking, this is related to hermeneutics. It's related to epistemology. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that there is, as always, some metaphysics in here. Possibly, yeah. Because trying to figure out what the thing is and mm-hmm. like what, what role it plays in reality. So a question, do you want to give out, since we use the word hermeneutics, do you want to give out like a, a very small this is my least favorite word because i actually feel like it's kind of ill-defined um i know originally hermeneutics was associated with interpretation of biblical texts so it's like you have a text and you really really focus on unpacking like what this thing means yeah what is happening in the text yeah and then it kind of evolved it had a second coming post in a non-religious sense post-phenomenology Gadamer, right? Uh, yeah, where you had all these like post Heideggerians mm-hmm. starting to do phenomenology specifically um, in the field of textual interpretation yeah. and other like communication mm-hmm. arenas, and then this was called hermeneutics. So the the way I think about it is, it's just like a phenomenology of um, understanding mm-hmm. slash communication i also i also think that the interpretation aspect is still in there right yes interpretation so this thing is still there okay just to give a a general understanding of what we're talking about here which is not as boring as it might sound it's actually like fascinating it is fascinating right? because it makes you ask all these questions about like oh i thought i didn't think about these things right like i never thought that was something to question yeah yeah so it is it is an interesting an interesting field um and i'm thinking in a sense uh, philology is an archaic mm. form of hermeneutics. Like, With the language stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Linguistic stuff is yeah. related. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think rhetoric's related. So aside from Gadamer, what other philosophers are you, are you thinking of when we think about this stuff? Of course, Heidegger partially. Right? I, I think I think of Heidegger and Gadamer as the two. Paul Ricoeur. Yep. Um, who else do we think about? Does Nietzsche go there too? Maybe this is the thing. It's like you can <laughs> extend this to yeah. so many different things. You can talk about maybe even Foucault, right? With the, what is a Foucault. text, right, and stuff like that. What, um, what is an otter, right? What's his name? Roland Barthes. Barthes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Derrida. Derrida, of course. A lot of I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of contemporary people. In a way, I think um, Baudelaire. Yep. Also, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's tough. I, th- I think basically any of the post Heideggerian European guys are they tapping kind of, into they kind of do that, yeah, right? hermeneutical stuff. All right. So, um, and actually, just to give a, a taste for how it can connect, I actually think our conversation in the last episode okay. about what's happening when our avatars are communicating through Zoom. It is an hermeneutic. I question. think that's an hermeneutic question. Sure, definitely, definitely. I'm trying to try. Um, I'm thinking of how to start framing this. Um, trying to avoid starting with the definition. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, because that will be difficult. Mm-hmm. And secondly, uh, from the hermeneutic perspective, it wouldn't be useful. Truly, right? True. 
Um, so we need to find a way to understand understanding and other stuff mm. probably for the first time, I want to say, without uh, indulging into the metaphysical stuff first. Yeah, I think that makes – so let's start with understanding in general. Okay. Right? When someone says, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, now I understand it. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, that's hard, right? That's already, hard. That's really hard because it does it mean that they are not seeing what we are seeing, what the, what the person you're talking to? Like a perspective thing. Yeah. Okay. So let's think of, um, for example – in our profession, right, it happens that you explain something to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And they say, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. What is happening there, right? Is, yeah. uh, what do they mean? Do they mean that our explanation is not putting together whatever... Such a good question. Uh, whatever is happening in their head, or is there something more to it, or is this something different? Okay, so I this to me is very um, related to how I analyze... My pedalo- uh, pedagogical, <laughs> pedagogical. What's ped? What's pedal? So Rosie, you know this show it's Peppa like Pig, with- of course. And they're singing this song about on a pedalo. They're yeah. on the boat, right? Yeah, and yeah. then so I think that's why I said pedal pedagogical. <laughs> so pedagogical technique. So okay, when uh, pedagogical technique. Yeah, pe- I'm just thinking of Peppa now. Wow, uh, I watched two episodes this morning. We're almost done. We're on season six. Oh boy. Uh, I totally okay, so explanation. <laughs> so what does it mean when someone says that? I think it could mean a couple things. One thing it could mean is simply your explanation isn't isn't good. Okay. And or it can mean your explanation is fine, but the person isn't receptive to it. So it can go wrong on the explainer end or the explainee oh, end. Well or I, both. I think that that is true, right? But those are the reason why somebody might not understand. Mm-hmm. I think that the question that I was asking was more Oh, what, what is happening? What is happening there, right? Is it again Okay. Is it what we said not making the, the connection in somebody's head, right? Or is it like it. is there a mismatch? What's going on? Got it. So mm, two things I think of. One thing, it's which is the easiest explanation. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean this in a glib way. I think this is a very serious thing. They're not listening. Okay. And I don't mean they have their ears closed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not paying attention. Okay. And you could hear somebody mm-hmm. and and what happens... And I, I, I want to use paying attention. There's like a, a worse way and a better way. Okay. The worst way is like, yeah, I'm just course. zoning out, right? Yeah. But the other way is like, if if my friend is talking to me, I know what they're saying. Yeah. It's not even a question. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's not even hitting me as words. It's hitting me as like ideas and meanings, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about uh, music. We're talking about skating. We're talking about some mm-hmm. book, right? Like, oh, what do you want to do later? Mm-hmm. Something happens sometimes when you listen to someone, uh, either because they're in a position of authority or they're, they're behind a wall of dryness i I call it the c-span effect (laughs) and when that happens you suddenly don't hear them in the same way you hear as if you're it's like the charlie brown thing and it's not because you're not listening in a literal sense it's because all of a sudden you're let's say 
your hermeneutic perspective, your horizon, mm-hmm. which is a word we can talk about in the future, um, is your your lens is completely different. So you might say one sentence, and my friend might say one sentence, but for some reason, when you say it, it's mm. it's a different thing. So it could be like I'm I'm um, changing my in, uh, interpretive perspective so that I'm I'm not. It, in other words, what I'm doing is like I'm falsely telling myself that there's something different happening when you're talking to me mm-hmm. than when my friend is talking to me, and it's okay. screwing up my mind. Okay, um, that's the one way. The second way is I am listening. I I don't have a totally different lens, but I'm not familiar with all of the concepts you're talking about. And so if concepts are bricks, Mm -hmm. so usually I take the foundationalist approach to knowledge and I still do. But I also think there's something to be said about like forming a coherent um, Coherent set of connections. And if I don't know where your bricks are supposed to fit. Mm-hmm. In this structure in my head, like I'm like mm-hmm. ah, it's like opening a um, an IKEA furniture and being like, what is this screw? Yeah, I that's the other way I don't understand. So I think that the first kind, right? It's really not truly not understanding, right? But it's rather again, it's just a social thing if you want, right? It's just that this this thing. Well, the result is still not understanding, right? But I'm saying, I think that's the least interesting of them for our purposes at this moment maybe later if we end up talking about you know the politics of this uh, or the 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 ethical structure uh i think that will be handy you know we'll find that handy but the second thing that you said that's exactly what i was thinking of Mm -hmm. or very similar to what i was thinking of i think that when somebody doesn't understand something it's missing not so much the information that you're giving them because you're giving it to them but the context yes they're missing what surrounds what surrounds that, right? So they don't have the anchors. They're missing that, and if it's missing that, then this thing kind of floats in their in their mind, they're rather in than space, yeah. that, rather than being like hang down. And then you're like, because I feel to me when I don't understand something, it's like I'm disoriented. I don't know where this thing. That's is. a very good way of looking at it. So it's like this thing is like literally a hot air balloon that's moving around, and I'm like, okay. Oh, I got this. No, I didn't got it. And it goes the other way. And then I try to fit it here and it doesn't go in here as well, right? I have the feeling that that is the issue, uh, maybe. Which is interesting because it makes understanding not something about the topic or the object of the the conversation, but rather what surrounds it, Mm -hmm. Uh, which which means that truly... Understanding and hermeneutics in general is not about what is, maybe, but what is not. There we go. There we go. Right? Yeah. Do you you agree with that? I totally agree. I think context was the best word you could have used. I think your spatial metaphor was good. And to extend it, we could say you don't know what the foundation is. Mm-hmm. So you know what what you're anchored to. Yeah. You don't know what issues are adjacent to it, exactly, because you don't know what the conversation is mm-hmm. even about, yeah. and you don't know where it's going. Yeah. So just on all sides, it's you're like, free floating. Yeah, it's like um, you know when I don't know which video games, but you know when you're playing like a strategy video game or something mm-hmm. like that, and you have those maps, right? And the map is black all around, and you have explored only, and it piece. shows you how much you've ex- yes, yeah, and yes. it shows just the piece that you've explored, and it's exactly I feel like when you're not understanding something. Everything in the map is black. You don't mm-hmm. know what's there. 
and you're just trying to fit this thing. Somewhere. And also what happens sometimes is you have a circle here and a circle here, uh-huh. and you don't realize and the connection that is they not, connect. Exactly. I remember when I delivered pizza, mm-hmm. I learned so much okay. about the, the area because I, I would know this, like A, and I would know B, and I'd be like, oh, I didn't know this connects to this. Yeah. So understanding is all about relating new to known, yeah. To use that reading strategy phrase yeah. from uh, middle schools when I first yeah. heard it. But it really is. It's like, how can this stuff fit into what I already had? It's all about context and connections and what is not and what is similar to. And now, I think the interesting thing is how do we go about this, right? Because one thing is if you have somebody explain this to you, not this to you, explain something to you, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's a whole host of things that uh, or tools we can say that we use and that you need like metaphors and all rhetorical um, moves that we can make to make sure that we shed light to mm. this dark stuff. Right? Even that word you used, yeah. right? If you look at the, because I've done this happenstance, like around last year when I was writing some stuff, um, clarify. Yeah. The etymology of the word clarify, oh. there's there's two things. One, it has to do when you're making wine and yeah. you separate like the junk yeah. from the you know the clear stuff. The other one is literally you're turning a light on. Yeah, exactly. you're making a dark dark thing able to be seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that is you know, that's the Latin stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I think that we use a bunch of things to do that. Right, we we make these moves through language. In order to, to make this connection, to have people make these connections, right? But this is if somebody is explaining something to you. But what if you're reading, right? What mm. if you're on your own? How do we? Are there any strategies that you think we use on our own, right? I'm assuming it has happened to you, like it has happened to me, that you're reading a text. Let's say Heidegger, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and you're reading, and you're like. What did I just read? Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. What is the meaning of that? I really don't understand what this person is talking about. And it's not just a, not just Tiger. It's like a bunch. Yeah, of, yeah, no, absolutely. How how do you then get to the point of understanding? You know, the the continental, more continental thing is like no external sources. It's like you and the text, right? Yeah. So because one thing could be to find somebody that explains it to you. But is there something that can be done? Tomorrow the internet goes down. We have no more internet and nothing else. Only uh, for some reason all secondary sources get burned into a fire. You only are alone with the original text. How, and no experts are around, how do you understand what's going on, assuming that that's possible? Hmm. I'm thinking of it like... Um, it's a great thought experiment, by the way. It is. <laughs> Write it down. Yes. Um, so I'm thinking of it actually like sports. Okay. So bear with me for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously like what we Yankees call soccer. Yeah. Football, yes. really. That's okay. Um, does your wife? Uh, she doesn't like sports in general, I think. Okay. Have you ever had her watch a game with you? Of course. What is that like? Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> what happens? Describe that. No, it's like, you know, she will ask questions about how do we, what's happening. And you'll try, well, this is like even better with my kids. 
like my kids are getting into sports lately, watching mm-hmm. sports. And I have questions like, and I try to explain to them, and like, and I give the explanation, like, you get it? They'll be like, yes. And then <laughs> the same thing happened. I'm like, well, why is this? Like, okay, no, you didn't get it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what it is. So I think this is probably a good analogy to use. It's like if okay. you were to sit in front of um, a game that you weren't familiar with. Okay. Especially as someone who isn't familiar with sports at all. That makes it even, okay. even, even uh, more extreme. But um, you don't know what the goal is. Mm-hmm. So the object, the mm-hmm. objective, I should say. Yeah. You don't know what the history is. Yeah. You don't know why should I care about that? Like, why is sure. this interesting? Right. And you don't know the rules. Okay. You don't know the relations between players and the big hitters and what happened last time and what could happen this time and you're looking for, mm-hmm. right? That's exactly what happens when you're reading. Okay. And also when you're listening to someone. Um, I think it could apply to both. And the way you get to know it is you have to be like, okay, what questions is this person asking? Mm-hmm. What are they seeking? It's mm. uh, all the subtext, really. Yes, yes. What, what, um, and then once you establish that, which, by the way, is precisely why Heidegger <laughs> starts being in time with formulating the question of being Mm -hmm. and before that even formulating what is a question Mm -hmm. he had it right (laughs) this is exactly where you start okay um by the way i want you guys to know that i'm not the one making noises today it's anthony banging am i doing that no no you're just i'm just oh that's it i'm this thing right here um so that okay right so knowing what questions is this guy what is the seeking right what is our basic understanding of this thing being sought um and then there's also what have other people said in response to this question right what is the conversation yeah what did what did x say because clearly y is responding to x and w and i'm I'm, i can't do the the alphabet backwards i'm very bad at this anyway uh that'd be bad if they did that as as a sobriety test they would think i was drunk and i'm like no no really i just am illiterate um so you have to know what the question is what kinds of answers so Mm -hmm. have have could be given Mm -hmm. which kinds of answers have been given Mm -hmm. what order they happened in Mm -hmm. and like that'll give you an idea of what the objective is like the sport what the history of the players is and the season is Mm -hmm. why they're doing this thing and then then only then when you look at it it doesn't look like chinese it looks like ah this isn't just squiggles that are making me fuzzy like c-span i know what's happening so interesting are are we saying that then there is no way of understanding any philosophical text just on its own. Ooh, good question. Because if that's if it's all about mm. the relationship and the conversations before and the answer and this and that, how can somebody understand one good. philosophical text? So this is related to the issue in hermeneutics where there is no such thing as one word. Yeah, right. Right, because words only exist in relation, in relation. to all other words. Yeah. This is it, right? Mm-hmm. Like if things exist in, in relations, um, 
Which is a correct point that the quote-unquote postmodern people Mm -hmm. make. Um, Where they take it, separate thing. (laughs) But I think this is right. Things have meaning primarily, if not totally. I'll say that to give Mm -hmm. more uh, room to wait. Uh oh, here we go. That's an outdated one. It's going to be at least one. It's the end of the semester. (laughs) I haven't cleaned it out. Um, So I think you can start by applying this concept in text. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Like, you know, people use the phrase learning curve. Yeah. Right? Like, to start is hard, but once you get going, like, boom. Yeah. Right? You're you're going downhill in a good way. You're coasting. Um, It's like that with philosophy. Because you're like, "Wait, wait, 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 I need the anchor. Mm-hmm. And the anchor might be a text, and probably you start without a text, mm-hmm. right? You start with a question. Conversations, right? Right? You're like, what are those weird things you think about before you go to sleep? Mm-hmm. And then that's the whole thing. Like, hey, why is there something? Yeah. And then you're like, okay, this question is being addressed by this guy, Descartes or mm-hmm. Socrates yeah. or something like that. And then you're like, here's the question he's asking here's kind of what you should look for. Let's look at it. And then you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of build your epistemic portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> and the more you go on, the more deeply you understand yeah. even old things. Like I would say for me and you, I think you would agree. Correct me if I'm wrong. You understand Descartes better more the more you live. Oh, absolutely. And anyone. Absolutely. Right? Because now you're constantly gaining new things, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't seem like it. That's Definitely true. That's definitely true. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so again, are we saying, and this is true not just for philosophical stuff, but in general, right? Mm-hmm. Any text. And by text, we can call it a piece of conversation, a speech that somebody gives, right? Mm-hmm. We can call whatever isolated things that you interact with as a listener, a viewer, a, um, I don't know, a reader, whatever it is, right? Is that what we're saying? Does this include fiction or or no? Uh, in theory, yes, right. Isolated, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Does it make do do things make sense isolated? Well, I think the answer is really no. Yeah, because it has to be. So I'm going to use a phrase out of context, but which is we haven't perfect. done this in a while. Go ahead. We haven't. So in the Little Mermaid, yeah. right? Part of your world. Okay. So she has this whole collection mm-hmm. of stuff. That she's come upon from the surface, right? Like forks and, I don't know, toasters and like all these things. And then she just, this is a thingamabob and this is a who's a what's it. Uh And because she doesn't have the the foundation, it's like totally different objects to her, right? Like, oh, it's a hairbrush (laughs) or it's a this thing. And I think it's like that. Okay. Right? You can have like collections of things out of context and until things become part of your world, which is a Heideggerian thing. I mean, it's, it's literally the word Welt. Yeah. Um, that's when understanding happens. So you have to have like this, these interrelations and webs of meanings and mm-hmm. objects and in order to's, to use an Aristotelian phrase, right? Things are for this purpose, mm-hmm. um, given this history and this conversation. So this, I think it's interesting because... First of all, it sheds uh, new life. <laughs> it's okay, a new life, a new light uh, slash uh, gives more importance to disciplines like history, for example, right? In theory, in theory, theoretically, right? Yeah. Uh, or and any sort of 
in literature we can say that explains that expands on somebody else's work mm. right not the original stuff but all the stuff that they are reading about something right um but i also i think that the 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 takeaway that i that i get from what you're saying is the most important one has to do with what happens when we don't do that mm. when we don't when we are like the little mermaid right um in other words, is it possible then when people are misunderstanding and misinterpreting and the name that comes to mind immediately is Nietzsche, right? Hmm. Like the, when our students have never read any philosophy, they read uh, all of a sudden uh, the spoke Zarathustra. I don't know why they would do that <laughs> without any context. Or the, when they read something that's completely for them and then they get all this idea about Nietzsche and all this idea about what he's saying and we're like, uh-uh. Not, not what he's saying, mm. right? Is this what's happening? They're isolating that uh, that specific text from the from its history and uh, the connections that this text has with whatever came with Hegel and with all the things that he is kind of refuting. Is that what you're saying, pretty much? Yep, and they're relating it as much as they can to their own window. To their own window. And this is exactly why Gadamer has this phrase that you have a horizon. So he says, picture each little person is like a dot mm-hmm. and you you have a vantage point. Yeah. And a vantage point, everyone will understand, is like I'm standing looking, yeah. right? Like the, the locus of your looking is the vantage point. Mm-hmm. And you have like things that are in your vision from your peripherals to your main focus and then things that are outside of it. Yeah. And so Gadamer says whenever you understand something, it's only in relation to that horizon you have. It's never out of it, yeah. And... You can broaden your horizon, and that'll, you know, I don't want to say improve because that's normative, but like um, well, deepen allow, your understanding. Yeah, yeah. Um, com- I'm going to use a Bushism, complexify <laughs> your understanding. And then also for him, the big thing is um, two people. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just spotlights, yeah. when your spotlights meet, then you have this fusion of horizons and there's like something very specific happening in the uh, relation between two people mm-hmm. that wouldn't happen otherwise because we're like doing yeah. this magical weird thing where we're like fusing worlds and it's like kind of like, oh, you're an mm-hmm. alien, but oh, there's similarity. And like, how does this yeah. make sense for how we're exchanging ideas? And so that is definitely what I had in mind. But I was also thinking... Is that what happens when we when we look at some people like listening to the news mm. or reading a, a an article, a news article on their phone or whatever it is? Nobody buys new, newspapers anymore. Mm-hmm. Or listening to the president or whoever speak, and they kind of. Assume, and sometimes politicians do this on purpose, right? Or news outlets do this on purpose. They cater towards what you're thinking already, right? Uh, is that what's happening when we say, well, you, how can you not see this? That it's like, hmm. that they're misconstruing whatever it's there, right? Is this what's happening? Like people are left to, and is this the issue with reading the news on your phone and stuff like that? Because you are only. Hmm. You are seeing that as a completely separate thing from everything else, 
it's catered to you, so it literally never broadens your horizons. Yeah. And <laughs> if that is the case, right? Yeah. No, I think you're right. It's completely compartmentalized, and it's just so conspiratorial sounding. But, like, it's called the iPhone, <laughs> right? It's like I, me. It's like you're just detaching everything yeah. from the structures, Absolutely. the historical contextual structures, and it only is like me looking at this little two-inch thing in a very quick stream. So, yeah, that, that absolutely. So is this like, is this the end of hermeneutics kind of? Oh, God. Is this like what's what's happening to us? Are we like <sighs> cutting out all the context? Therefore, are we cutting out the possibility to truly understand things? Because this will go together with the deep attention stuff, right? With the deep oh, reading yeah. stuff, right? Uh, because all of a sudden we seem to have, we seem to see more and more people having difficulties truly understanding stuff, right? And unless we decide that COVID made us all cognitively impaired, right? There must be something else there. Mm-hmm. All the attention issues, the that attention are issues, all those things, are all those yes. things related to the fact that we are cutting out our ability to, not ability, the possibility to actually interpret and understand stuff. We have hermeneutic atrophy. Yeah. We're not using things, are we, so they're losing. Are we kind of removing that ability from our portfolio, to use the word I used before? Yeah, I, I think that's, you've hit the nail on the head. I think it's exactly what's happening, right? You're moving, removing not only the understanding, but the condition for the possibility of the understanding. Um, and the chat GPT things that we were, we were talking about before, that's exactly related. That's the same thing, right? Absolutely related. Um, we don't need to do this work either. We just give it to you. Yeah, and it's like the thing you've said in the past with like when you pull up an article, two-minute read, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And you see headlines on Facebook or little things like that. You're just making your um, your horizon smaller and smaller and you're defusing, you're decoupling fused horizons and in doing that you're decreasing your levels of literacy deep reading which in turn decreases the extent to which you are having a self your veld becomes smaller and smaller right your veld and your your dasein your being is diminishing um i think though that literally i want to make this clear this isn't just like Poet, like no, no, literally. Yeah. What things are become different. The understanding of things become different, and, and you, you become different. You become less. You I, become less on a quantitative and qualitative level. Yeah, that goes to my idea, right? The more relationships you have, mm-hmm, the more mm-hmm. yourself extends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thinking um, something else. I was I was about to say. So this is troubling, and I think that one characteristic of of the things that we're saying. So the broadening broadening the horizon, right? The mm-hmm. understanding, all these things comes with something that it's a that it's an art that somehow we want to and I feel that this is more, there's always been more of a US thing than a Europe thing. There's this idea that, so if we whenever you're broadening your horizon, whenever you are um understanding more in order to do that, you know, 
keeping with the metaphor of seeing and horizons and stuff like that, how can you see a bigger horizon? What do we do to see a to to make our horizon bigger, like physically? What can you do? You just need you can do two things. You remove obstacles from mm -hmm. in front of you, or you need to go further away. Let's take a step back. You yes. take a step back, right? Which in turn makes some things a little bit blurry sometimes from far away. You don't know exactly what they are. You have a general idea that those are mountains and there are tree on the mountains, for example, from within your horizon. But you cannot really tell what kind of trees those are, right? Mm -hmm. But you have the idea that the trees are there. So it is like a, um, we have reality within our horizon, I always say, in lo-fi, mm. right? It's this low fidelity. But to broaden, you have a general understanding, you can see, and then you can zoom in, right? If you really are interested, just go to the mountain, you can see that. Because you have the ability. Because you have the ability to do that. Instead, I think that with the new way, right, the horizon is smaller because you're closer to the thing. And everything is really high definition, right? Mm. It's You literally have this high fidelity kind of, to use the, 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 the yeah. audios thing. Yeah, right? yeah. But again, you have this eye definition thing, right? You have the, what is it, HD, whatever number right now we're at. Oh, uh, past 1080. Yeah. I don't know what it's called now. Yeah, but... Five, you, five, five... K. You know what I'm talking K? about, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. 4K. Everything is super defined for you, right? When you read a news article, you know exactly what this is, what this is, who's the bad guy, who's the good guy. Uh, how The reality that's there for you, it's super defined. Hmm. But it's also you're looking not even at the mountain anymore. You're looking at the leaf of a tree. Yeah. You might know everything about the leaf, actually, about the side of the leaf because you can even turn mm. it because you're so concentrated on that. And the more details I have, the more anchors I get and the more I don't want to move away, right? Because I have everything that I need and I feel this false security that I know everything that there is to know. Mm. Because all the other thing that I see is that leaf. That, yeah, this is good. This is exactly why we have that saying, you're missing the forest for the trees. Yeah. And in this case, it's like you're missing the tree for the leaf. Yeah. Or, and I'm thinking of two examples um, that are kind of literal metaphors that embody this today. One is like subatomic physics and things, right? I'm literally uh -huh. zooming in <laughs> to yeah. this smaller thing, mm -hmm. right? And I'm getting smaller and smaller and smaller and losing more and more and more of the, the mm -hmm. significance. Um, and the second thing is when people walk into traffic looking at their phones. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm just not in, at all in my environment. And I know that's counterintuitive because the idea sometimes is that when you understand things, you really have the eye definition vision of things. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is is actually the opposite sometimes. When you truly understand things, you see the map. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not about, listen, I understand what Nietzsche says. Do I understand exactly each word in every Nietzsche text? No, I don't. Sometimes, and Nietzsche is a special case, but sometimes it is just a matter of, you know, uh, interpreting, right? And in order to interpret it possibly correctly... What we need to do is, as you said before, making the connections and seeing, oh, he's talking to Hegel or he is, you know, refuting that or this is to do with uh, the father that was, uh, you know, uh, the bishop, the bishop, no, the, the pastor, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, whatever it is. It means that rather than getting caught into the specific 
term that he's using, uh, a good point. which is sometimes, unfortunately, what some philosophers end up doing, right? Some philosophers end up being, you know, you've been to conferences about Husserl or, mm-hmm. um, you know, this happened to me when I went to a conference about Wittgenstein one time. And then all of a sudden they were talking about the ink that he used to write this. And I was like, okay, this is this is over. <laughs> There's nothing more to say about this guy. And uh-huh, you guys uh-huh. are now discussing these things. But I'm saying truly understanding means to put in context. Yes. It's not being yes. hyper-specialized. And I think that if we take this out of the textual thing, this is to do also with life, right? The more... Think of somebody walking. Uh, walking. Think of somebody working in a um, in a plant, right? In a whatever industrial plant. The most insignificant, the most uh, I should say, the least rewarding jobs are the jobs of the people that are putting the smallest pieces together. Mm. But the only thing they do is they put a screw in, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The person that has more of an understanding of what's going on in there and how it works and it's probably as a more rewarding job is the person that has the vision of everything that's going on in there. Hmm. So maybe even when it comes to careers and when it comes to life in general, we are under the false assumption that you need to be hyper-specialized while in reality, to live a good life, you need to be not so specialized to the point that your entire life becomes this little thing. This is really interesting. And this is true about philosophy too, so of course. No, absolutely. And I was starting off by being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought of an interesting complication to this, which has something to do, A, with when, how would you say, when context Mm -hmm. gaining itself becomes hyper-specialized. Yep. So then we cross categories. Mm-hmm. And B, when the jack-of-all-trades becomes too much yeah. to the to the, the level of um, detached armchair yeah, person. Of course. Of right? Course. So this is an interesting... Uh, Absolutely. Excess and deficiency, our best friend. And, and as usual, you know, um, he, he is right. Because I'm thinking about the person who... Uh, like I don't know, they they like know everything about the history of X, like an architect, but like they've never built anything. Sure, of course, right. And course. so that's an issue too. Um, but probably like relative to each domain, there's something like this, right? Like if you're the guy that makes just the legs of the tables, yeah. that's less rewarding and and I don't know significant than mm-hmm. I, I I build the whole table or I have mm-hmm. knowledge of the whole table or something like that. And I think probably there's like an axis where like. It's it's shaped like an X, an X where they they kind of like go both go, mm-hmm. in, but there's an optimal where they meet in in the yep. middle, something like that. But of I think, course. I think what what led me to the, the first thing I said about hyper specificity with regard to context is when you said the Wittgenstein thing about what kind of ink he used. I was like, oh. This could be interpreted as super decontextualized or as super contextualized. Yeah, of, course, of course. And I was thinking about um, Husserl. Um, I always remember there was this guy I knew 
in uh, in grad school named Alessio, and he did very yeah very Italian. Your people, my people, yeah. Um, he would come. He would eat frittatas all day. This is all day, <laughs> um, and he was talking about he some lecture some guy gave, and I, I've I've referenced this on here before, and I've, I've written about this that. So who's for wrote ideas, aka ideas pertaining to a pure phenomenology and to a phenomenological philosophy, blah blah blah. And he said like an hour of the lecture was just talking about the word ideas, because when you trace the history, you go back to the idos and all these different things. So on the one hand, you might be like, oh, that's like talking about the ink that mm-hmm. Wittgenstein wrote with, or you can see it as like this is tracing the historical narrative, and mm-hmm. and I'm inclined to. Say we should be get good at determining which one is that and, and which, which one, one is not. So the ink thing was definitely not the. What were they saying? I'm the, curious. They were talking about like you know that if he if he used that ink, it was because it was all all thing about his sexuality and stuff like that. This is like you have again. He had nothing to do. This is like Claire talks about sometimes the generic, like how to get an A in an, in an English class. Just write about how the main character is, is gay. Yeah, like something that has nothing to do. That's it was like insane. Interesting. Insane. No. So there's 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 some gay ink. No, it's not that. It depending, you know, he was using this kind of ink because he wouldn't go to this other place. Uh, that blah 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 blah. There were like three places that sold ink, whatever. Very interesting. I didn't remember. But I remember that when they started talking about that, I was like, okay, I'm out. I'm out. C-SPAN. Exactly. Um, So, yes, I agree with you. There is an optimal, right, to be found, but there is this tendency. Um, I I agree with you, by the way. I do think that that tendency exists. But again, that raises some issues. And issues will make an expert an expert at that point. What a time to ask that question, right? Given the world we live in, right? And because that's the point, right? Who is an expert? Is an expert somebody who has all the statistical numbers and presents it to you, and he knows by art? I, I always there's the specific type that I'm sure you have encountered too, which is the the history buff mm-hmm. that knows everything about history mm-hmm. and understands nothing about it. Huh. <laughs> Like they could tell you every name and every date. Every name, every date. And do you know that this president said such and such thing? And this is what. And then you he listen to the connection that they're making with that. And you're like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about exactly? Mm. Um, but I'm saying, what what makes an expert? Is it somebody who has all the data in the world? There's hyper specialized. You know, I could be an expert on headphones. What does it mean? I know exactly how all the headphones work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I know all the intricacy of it. Or is it somebody that can tell you if an headphones is good or an headphones is bad, and this hurts your ears and that doesn't? Uh, I, think, it, I think it's both. So the expert needs to have both. Things. I think once again, Aristotle's right. You have the the experience, and then also the skill. It gets translated differently. But basically, you have um, hands-on experience with particulars and connections between particulars. Um, And then you also have the abstract knowledge of the universals or particulars across time or something like that. It's funny you're referencing Aristotle because I actually don't remember if it's him or is another Greek later. 
that he says, like, to know to swim, it doesn't simply mean that you actually know the mechanics of it. Mm -hmm. But he also, within the knowledge of how to swim, with understanding what swimming is, if you truly know how to swim, you also know when not to get in the water because... Oh, yeah. Because the ocean is a mess. So that's like the concept of phronesis yeah. becomes that, prudentia, becomes prudence. Was that Aristotle? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know, but that's a concept he talks yeah. about yeah, in Nicomachean Ethics. I don't remember Because he his whole thing is like you need theoretical knowledge, but you can't have theoretical knowledge detached from the practical. Mm-hmm. You know, and now I'm thinking of a, a, like a cultural cliche. And I think it's an interesting cliche because um, non-philosophical people um will bring this up they say something like well i don't need to play football mm-hmm. to understand football mm-hmm. i don't need to be a quarterback to understand what a quarterback is mm-hmm. and i find that i have a very interesting relationship with this saying because the answer is kind of Okay. Like like it seems so obvious that you can have partial knowledge of detached abstract things but you clearly don't have the level of hands-on experience and wisdom which is another kind of knowledge than the person actually doing it. Mm-hmm. So like no, I don't think that you could really understand what mm-hmm. football truly is only by reading the rules but okay. you have to have experience doing it so interesting and i see what you're saying and i tendentially agree okay with the example that you made mm-hmm. but now if we move away from sports sure and we talk about art critics art critics or literary critics yeah. or movie critics yeah do they really know do they really understand Good art question. and stuff like that? Yeah. Is there a real understanding there? I'm going to hypothesize, and this may not be that valuable, but I'm going to hypothesize that a lot of art critics actually do have experience being artists. Mm, um, what about you? Can we understand a movie truly? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I've like tried to make them, though. So like, I don't think I'm a good... You, you tried to make movies? I didn't know that. Yeah, I originally oh. wanted to go to school for film. Oh, okay. yeah! I like I like loved film, and I would make okay. little things here and there, and I so, have some experience editing. And then, and, and then music is not good because both of us exactly. have experience there. Uh, exactly, painting. I did that too. Jesus I was an AP art. I just was an uh, art person. Uh, I don't know. I I'll do. give you uh, okay. What kind of example? Um, that is not sports. <laughs> this is hard because I try to like. I'll talk to people. I remember so okay. my my friend. I think I got one. Okay. So I have this friend, his, his name is Sage. Uh, he's a rhetoric PhD at the University of Indiana. We're meeting up with him in a few weeks in Pittsburgh. Nice. And uh, he, I remember when when him and his ex first came to New Jersey to visit me and Claire, mm-hmm. we're very big on like giving people the tour nice. of like our life, right? Like, okay, in this town, let's go to this place. This is where this happened. And then now there's where this happened. And oh my God, here's this story. And at some point, like the the ex was like this this girl Sarah was like, Oh my you like did so many seemingly unrelated things. And then I was thinking about it and I'm like, you know, to me that seems normal. <laughs> but like because it's like, yeah. okay, to be into 
I don't know, like video games when you were younger and then skating and then music, but then nerdy things like Magic the Gathering and then like dabbling in Dungeons and Dragons and then like doing philosophy. And then I worked manual labor like at a uh, chemical storage facility and then did customer service. Then I delivered pizza. Right. So I feel like I'm so happy I did all of that stuff Mm -hmm. because... I'm able to recognize... And you aren't doing those anymore. <laughs> so sad. Uh, I'm able to recognize things, to understand things in yep. a way that I, I wouldn't be able to had had I not done that. And that's kind mm. of that like jack-of-all-trades um, mentality. But I think that it's harder... So, okay, whenever there's something I get into, I try to really like... Get yeah, get into it, and it, I'm trying to think of if there's something that I never did, okay. that I have a little bit of partial detached knowledge from that would be a good example of it. So I'll, I'll try and think of that, and while I'm doing that, what were you, you thinking of? No, I'm thinking of how can you um, you know the people that do like the glass blowing thing. Oh yeah, I did that once Jeez. or twice. <laughs> Not really. I like I was aided. It, like okay. basically to use our old conversational phrase, I was guided by a person who was like blow into the straw at Asbury okay. Park. Okay, but you don't really no. know. No, that. of it's course like, not. Okay, so can we understand if some piece of art made that way mm-hmm. is good, bad? Can we critique that piece of art? Are we able That's to do a good so? question? Um I think the intuitive thing to say which I would believe is also the correct thing to say is you can have a partial understanding. A partial understanding. Yeah. Of that. Okay. And I think that's always the case with the quarterback, with football. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of something else. Okay. Uh, can we understand somebody else's experience then? Hmm. So can we understand? Can I understand you truly? Right. Yeah, that's a good one. Or can I understand somebody that has? Schizophrenia? Yes, but I'm also thinking somebody who has experienced things from the perspective of, uh, don't know, a specific category, a specific... Like super rich or super poor super or something Super rich like or that. super poor or black, you know, in my case, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Or a, a different a woman, gender. A woman, yeah, right? Exactly, right? Yeah. Can we truly understand that? Can Do you understand Claire? I Well, I've lived with her. How long have we been together? doesn't mean that you can you necessarily understand her. But I have lived experience with her, right? But not the whole of her. That's right. No, no. I could never – no no one person okay. could ever fully understand another person, right? Because there's always something – That's missing. That's um, forever, by definition, unaccessible by you. I, the more time you spend with that person, the more you hear about their history – and their preferences and their goals and aspirations and their tendencies. So you have a better grasp. Yes. Yeah, which is why you have the concept of strangers mm-hmm. versus like casual friends versus best friends versus like so lover, you, parents. So you cannot really grasp somebody that's very different from you. You cannot really understand unless. Yeah, you. it's not that you can't understand them because you don't want to say that because then you become like animals in the wild at war. So it's not that we can't understand Mm-hmm. Someone who's like financially or racially or sexually different than us. Okay. We it's, can. It's that there's like some gap that we can't have, but the gap isn't big enough to cause like significant rifts such that we cannot have civil 
uh, interactions. And is it possible then when we have... It's not like, you know, women are C-SPAN to me or something. <laughs> is it possible then whenever we are, we get into a fight as a society or as an individual with someone else, that the reason that this happens is because we have no understanding of what's going on. And if that's the case, is it possible to to bridge this gap? I think a lot of that goes on, right? When you get really angry at people, a lot of the times it's because you don't really know what's going on. What's going on, right? You have like a very super low resolution oversimplified version of the thing. So you think it's low resolution or, or you have a really, you think that you have a high resolution? It's like, I'm going to say something funny. You have a high resolution version of a low resolution thing. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Because I'm thinking you may have like a really high resolution version of this carefully constructed media narrative, mm-hmm. which is itself a yeah. low resolution thing. Yeah. Um, and so I think people... An interesting thing that happens sometimes is you have a characteristic and and when you have mm-hmm. when you evaluate a situation in terms of the characteristic there's a sense in which there's too much of it and there's a sense in which there's not yep. enough of it and I think understanding is is maybe one of those things mm. um, is this thing as too much understanding maybe too much quasi understanding maybe I should say but I'm thinking like a lot of the times when people fight with each other uh, it involves people what's the word I'm looking for stereotyping, mm-hmm. tokenizing, mm-hmm. like, oh, he's just a blank. <laughs> and then I'm like, what does that mean to you? Do you have any friends that are that? And oftentimes the answer is no. And I'm like, so how could you really know mm-hmm. what that means? You know something that some authority figure typed for you to take your money and attention. Like, that's what you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that the more we're detached from each other, mm-hmm. no matter what the context is, mm-hmm. um, Absolutely. Like the the more understanding suffers and, and the more our social and interactions again, suffer. Generally speaking, I agree with you, but there's also one thing that I famously say all okay. the time, which is I don't need to be X to understand X. Yeah, you have what is this thing you say? I don't need to eat poop. To know that it's bad or something like that? No, what do you say? Every time we talk about the fact that, oh, if there's something good, I only understand the good because I know the bad. Oh, yes. And I always say, no, I can still tell that something is good. See, you eat. say that, but but I think you don't believe that because you're the one this mm-hmm. time that brought up in the beginning that to know something is to know the nots. Th- that's what I'm saying, though. But yeah. th- this is um, what I'm trying to say is like... Oh, I, there's a limit to it. Yeah, I agree up to a certain mm-hmm. point, but... Then, because otherwise we're in trouble. If I cannot talk about something because I'm disqualified mm-hmm. uh, to talk about something because I cannot truly understand because I don't have the lived experience of X, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then we're in trouble. The, truly we're in trouble. Yeah, that, then, then I think that's the excess. Then we get like into those literally eco chambers mm-hmm. where I can only talk about the specific thing. So I am not allowed to say that X is good or bad from the perspective of somebody else, right? Yeah, yeah. Even like your sibling. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it becomes even worse when it becomes social issues and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, but I, I, I think that this is, this is interesting and we kind of got into a different dimension of the textual stuff. On the Yeah, yeah. And I think in the next episode we can get into 
the um, related, let's say, ontological questions about text and, and yeah. symbols yeah. Um, and how they relate to understanding ourselves, the world, things. Yeah. But um, just to, to kind of say a, a last thing about what you were saying, I think you're absolutely right. So again, we go to that the optimal, yeah. that middle, that yeah. virtue. Um, <laughs> I hate Aristotle. And it's also probably something we didn't mention is like there's there's different, and we usually do this, so I'm surprised. There's different types of understanding, of course. Right? There's there's understanding. I was thinking about this. The like information, right? The understanding, the what it is like, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, just because I don't know exactly what it's like to be you, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't be like, oh. I don't know anything about you, right? Or mm-hmm. I don't, you know, doesn't mean your friend can't say like, oh, I know you, you do this thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think, so to, to clarify my point about the the football thing, it's like what I was trying to say was not that you can't have any knowledge of it. You can have partial knowledge of a certain kind, but, but you, you say- can never have total knowledge of mm-hmm. all kinds. Yeah. Do you, would you say that the quarterback would always have a better understanding of quarterbacking than the sports critic oh yeah and i should say understanding not knowledge that was incorrect of me to say but yeah okay. i think tom brady knows more about quarterback than any of us could ever know okay makes sense right yes. i mean and and i think this is why musicians listen to music differently oh, that's for sure right yeah, and you know that you hear things that people don't hear mm-hmm. right you can say things that other people can't say because you have other stuff happening in the background but that's or the background thing right right and it's like when someone see someone who has been in a uh, knows an addict or been in an abusive family mm-hmm. can see something in someone else that's doing it that someone else can't mm-hmm. again that's not to say we become aliens let's fight because that's terrible mm-hmm. and i feel i guess in my head i was like that's so obvious like mm-hmm. we don't have to focus on that but i guess for a lot of people it isn't it's just to say that you know, understanding there's different types and mm-hmm. there can be different normative implications I, of... And I was thinking when you said the different types of understanding that there's also the the way in which we use the word. You have to be understanding of things, right? So... Which basically just means be nice. Yeah, right? Yeah, which is not the same thing. It's not, is it a completely different category, would you say? Yeah, I think it... Um, what does it isn't that asking you to kind of take into consideration all... The surrounding thing, like when a student emails you at the end of the semester. Speaking of what we're talking about. Because they, they want a great change. It's like, be understanding. I had all this. Yeah. And they list all series of contextual things that you didn't, you didn't have. Yeah, they're using the word incorrectly. What they mean <laughs> is like they're combining be empathetic. Okay. So f- there's two parts what they mean. Understanding in those emails and when maybe I don't know, administrators say that means A, be empathetic. But B... You have to come to this conclusion. <laughs> understanding me means coming to this conclusion. That's what that means. And if you don't do that, you're not understanding you're not me. Truly understand. You just don't get it, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you next time. To be continued.